For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the 7,000 year plan of God. This is part one of the series. And in this teaching, we're going to be sharing with you the following principles. To begin with, we're going to see that seven days of creation as given to us in Genesis chapter 1 and then continuing into Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3, that each day in creation is prophetic of 1,000 years of time. And we're told this in Psalm chapter 90 and verse 4, which is quoted in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. So that being the case, we're going to see that from the creation of Adam in the garden until the coming of Yeshua was 4,000 years of time. And then there's an additional 2,000 years of time that are associated with what we call the present age. So the present age is 6,000 years in time. And after the 6,000 years of the present age, then we're going to have the 1,000 years commonly called the Messianic era where Yeshua is going to rule and reign on the earth, setting up his kingdom, and teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem. And so what we're going to do in the first part of the teaching is we're going to look at some biblical chronologies so that we can establish that there is a biblical validity that from Adam and Eve in the garden until the first coming of Yeshua was 4,000 years of time. And so we've gone 2,000 years since, and the 1,000-year Messianic era, where Yeshua is going to rule and reign on the earth, this is going to correspond with the seventh day of creation. So the seventh day of creation, which is prophetic of 1,000 years of time, the fulfillment of that, that being the prophetic sabbath of creation is going to correspond to the thousand year messianic era so the sabbath is called the day of the lord we see this in isaiah chapter 58 and verse 13 therefore the prophetic sabbath that is the thousand year messianic era the biblical term for it 
is going to be the day of the Lord. So at the end of the teaching, we're going to look at what the Bible says is going to happen in the day of the Lord. But we're going to see that in Genesis, in speaking of the days of creation, it's going to say, and evening and morning was the first day, and evening and morning was the second day. So a biblical day begins in the evening and it ends in the morning. Therefore, the prophetic Sabbath, that is the day of the Lord, that it is going to begin in darkness, and we commonly call that period of darkness as the tribulation period. The darkness period is going to end when Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, and then that will begin a period of time as being light. And the Torah is called light. In Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 23, it says, The commandment is a lamp, and the Torah is light. And in Isaiah in chapter 2 and verse 5, Jacob is being told to walk in the light of the Lord. That is, to follow the Torah. So after we look at the biblical chronologies, and we're going to be looking at several biblical chronologies. Now in doing so, particularly when we're looking at from Adam and Eve in the garden to Yeshua's first coming, which I'm going to show is roughly 4,000 years of time. The purpose in showing you the various chronologies is to not to try to exactly arrive at 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden to Yeshua's first coming, but to show the validity of the understanding that there is 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden to the first coming of Yeshua. And then what we're going to do is we are going to look at prophetic pictures in the scriptures of 6,000 years of time of the present era before we go into a thousand year period of rest for man and the earth, which we commonly call the Messianic era. So that's an overview of what we're going to be covering in this teaching. So let's begin to look at each aspect of this teaching in its detail. To begin with, we need to understand a very important biblical principle, particularly in understanding Bible prophecy, and that is the end is told in the beginning. We can see this from Isaiah chapter 46 and verses 9 through 11, where it is written, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. So that verse is making the statement or making the claim that there is nobody like the God of Israel. In what way and in what context? Well, here it's in the context of verse 10, which says, Declaring the end, that is the future, from the beginning. And from ancient times, that's the past, 
the things that are not yet done, that's the future. Saying, my counsel, and what's his counsel? To declare the end from the beginning. My counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now, at the end of Isaiah chapter 46, verse 11, it says, I have spoken it. When? In the beginning. I will also bring it to pass. When? In the end. I purposed it. When? In the beginning. I will also do it. When? In the future. So, next... We're going to continue to see this principle from Ecclesiastes in chapter 1 and verse 9, as it is written. The thing that has been, that's the past, is that which shall be, that's the future. And that which is done is that which shall be done because there is no new thing under the sun. You've probably heard it said at one time that history repeats itself. So even in our secular world, it's understood that history tends to go in cycles. So that's how God made the world and made the creation, that it would go in cycles. And the God of Israel established what will be in the beginning. Now we can see this from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 15, as it is written. That which has been, that's the past, is now. And that which is to be, that's the future, has already been, that's the past. Because God requires in the future that which happened in the past. So we can see from these scriptures how we come to the understanding that biblical history is prophecy. Now we're going to see that in the Bible that a day is likened to a thousand years. We can see this from Psalm chapter 90 verse 4 as it is written, For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday, which is a day, when it is past and as a watch in the night. Now Psalm chapter 90 and verse 4 is quoted in the New Testament in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 as it is written, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. Don't be ignorant of what? Don't be ignorant that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So this is how we can establish the principle that each day in creation is prophetic of 1,000 years of time. Now, this is also the Jewish understanding of time, that each day in creation represents a 1,000 years. So I'm going to be sharing with you now from the commentary on the Torah from Moses Nachmanides to the book of Genesis, where he states the following. The six days of creation represent all the days of the world. That is, that its existence in the present era will be 6,000 years. And for this reason, the rabbis have said, now he's quoting Psalm chapter 90 and verse 4, a day of the Holy One, blessed be he, is a thousand years. So now the next thing that we're going to is that it's not only a Jewish understanding that each day in creation represents a thousand years and that from the creation of Adam and Eve in the garden to the completion of time as it was established in the creation for man and the earth being 7,000 years. But this was also the understanding 
by the early church. So I'm going to share with you some examples of this. The first one comes from the extra-biblical book of Barnabas, chapter 13 and verses 3 through 6 from a book that's called The Lost Books of the Bible. So now, Barnabas chapter 13 verses 3 through 6 says, And even in the beginning of the creation he makes mention of the Sabbath. And God made in six days the works of his hands, and he finished them on the seventh day, and he rested the seventh day and sanctified it. Consider, my children, what this means. He finished them in six days. The meaning of it is this that in 6,000 years the Lord God will bring all things to an end for with him one day is a thousand years as he himself testifies saying behold this day shall be a thousand years therefore children in six days that is 6,000 years shall all things be accomplished and what does it mean when it says and he rested on the seventh day he means this that when his son, that's a reference to Yeshua the Messiah, will come and abolish the season of the wicked one and judge the ungodly and change the sun and the moon and the stars. That's the judgment of the nations that's outlined in the book of Revelation, as well as the prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah, etc. Then he shall gloriously rest, that is Yeshua setting up his messianic kingdom for a thousand years in that seventh day. That is the prophetic seventh day of creation. So next, we're going to look at the writings of a church father known as Irenaeus. And he lived about 150 AD. Now, Irenaeus was trained by Polycarp, who was trained by John, the disciple of Yeshua, who wrote the book of Revelation. So this comes from Irenaeus's work against heresies, book 5, chapter 28, verse 3, where he says, For in as many days as this world was made, in so many thousand years shall it be concluded. That is an account of the things formerly created, as also it is a prophecy of what is to come. For the day of the Lord is as a thousand years, and in six days created things were completed. It is evident, therefore, that they will come to an end at the six thousandth year. So we can see, as I shared with you from the Torah commentary of Moses Nachmanides, the Ramban, as well as writings in uh, the first and second century that are associated with Christian works, the Epistle of Barnabas and Irenaeus's work against heresies, that there was an understanding that the seven days of creation is prophetic of 7,000 years of time. So now we're going to look at this principle from the Jewish understanding from the Talmud in Sanhedrin 97a, as it is written. Rabbi Katina said, 6,000 years shall the world exist, and one thousand year period that would be the seventh it shall be desolate as it says in isaiah chapter 2 verse 11 and the lord alone will be exalted in that day abaya said it will be desolate two thousand years as it says in hosea chapter 6 verse 2 after two days he will revive us in the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight 
The Tana, Debbie Eliyahu, teaches, The world is to exist for 6,000 years. The first 2,000 years, there was desolation. The next 2,000 years, the Torah flourished. And the next 2,000 years is known as the Days of the Messiah in Jewish understanding of time, in Jewish eschatology. So now on this slide, I'm going to show you then Jewish eschatology, the Jewish understanding of time. So we can see the first 2,000 years is called Tohu, which means desolation. The next 2,000 years is the time where the Torah was given. So the Torah flourished. And then after 4,000 years, Messiah is to come. So given that Messiah was to come after 4,000 years in the Jewish teaching and understanding, the days following the Messiah are called the days of the Messiah. And then the one day of Sabbath rest for man and the earth, what Christians commonly call the Messianic era, is called in the Jewish understanding of time, the Atid Lavo, which means the future coming. The next thing that we're going to do is I'm going to show you a prophetic hint in the Hebrew of 6,000 years to this present age. That would be followed by the thousand-year Messianic era. And we're going to understand this from Genesis chapter 1-1, where in the English it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In Hebrew it is, Breshit bara Elohim et hashamayim va'et ha'aretz. So in the Hebrew, to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, there is going to be an occurrence of six Alephs. Now, Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So given that there are six Alephs in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the Hebrew, we are going to now understand from the Jewish understanding what is the meaning of the Hebrew letter Aleph. And this comes from the book, The Wisdom in the Hebrew Alphabet, by Rabbi Michael Monk, on page 43, where he says, The Aleph symbolizes the one and only, the eternal, the omnipotent God. So in the Jewish understanding, the Hebrew letter Aleph represents God. And now, from the same book, The Wisdom of the Hebrew alphabet by Rabbi Michael Monk on page 44, he continues to explain how the Aleph is going to be associated with the God of Israel, where he says, when you write the Hebrew letter Aleph in block form, that the graphic form of the Aleph symbolizes the infinite, eternal nature of God. So when you write the Aleph in block form, it has three different parts. The upper right segment of the Aleph, it resembles or it looks like the Hebrew letter Yod. Its lower left segment also is a Hebrew letter Yod. And these two letters are connected by a diagonal Vav. Now, in the Hebrew alphabet, the Yod is the tenth letter of the alphabet. And it has a numerical value of 10 because every Hebrew letter has a numerical value. 
So the Aleph, the first letter, has a numerical value of 1. Yod, the tenth letter, has a numerical value of 10. So as we write the Aleph in block form, the upper and the lower segment of forming the letter is going to correspond to two yodes. The yod has a numerical value of 10, so there's two yodes, so that would add up to 20. The Vav has a numerical value of 6. So if we take 20 plus 6, the Aleph in block form is represented by the number 26. So what's the significance of the number 26? It corresponds to the holy name of God in Hebrew, which we would say in English most commonly. It is pronounced Yahweh, but the Hebrew letters is Yod, He, Vav, He. So Yod is 10, He is 5, Vav is 6, and He is 5. So Yod, He, Vav, He is 10 plus 5 plus 6 plus 5, which equals 26. So this is another way that the Aleph is associated with the God of Israel, as the formation in its block form can be seen as two Aleph and Avav, and that would have a numerical value of 26, which is the numerical value of yod Hey vav Hey. In addition, Rabbi Monk writes in the Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet on page 45, that the Aleph represents divinity. Now, one of the names of the God of Israel is Elohim. So Elohim is most commonly translated in our Bibles as God. And Elohim begins with an Aleph. And Elohim is associated with God's attribute of judgment. So now, since we see that the Aleph is associated with the God of Israel, and given that there are six Aleph's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the Hebrew, that each Aleph is going to correspond with a thousand years of time. So there's a hidden meaning that in the creation, when he created the heavens and the earth, that it's going to be for 6,000 years of time. And examining those 6,000 years of time, we are going to now give you a link to the Aleph being associated with the God of Israel. Because you can see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, that the first two occurrences of the Aleph, that it's the third letter in Breshit, and it's the third letter in Barah. So this is going to correspond that it was in the first 2,000 years that the people on the earth built the Tower of Babel, and they were so wicked and evil that they were destroyed by the flood. And this is associated with the people of the earth being the farthest away from the God of Israel in relationship to him. And the first two Aleph's are going to be associated with the first 2,000 years of time. In the next two occurrences in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 of the Hebrew letter Aleph, it is the first letter in the third word of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, which is Elohim. And it's the first letter in the fourth word, et. And this is going to correspond with the people on the earth being closest to the God of Israel and particularly his Torah. So 
these two occurrences of the Aleph is going to be associated with the second 2,000 years of time. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the 7,000-year plan of God. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.